Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Insurgents Podcast. Glad to have you back. If you're new to the podcast, we are in the midst of going through every reference to the kingdom of God in the Gospels. And if you're new, you will want to go back and listen to all the previous episodes because they all build on one another. Now today, I have with me once again, Brian Russell. The text before us is Mark 4, 26 to 29. This is the next reference to the kingdom of God in the book of Mark, resuming where we left off. So I will go ahead and read it out of the New King James Version, one of my favorite versions. And he said, meaning Jesus, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Here again, he's pointing out that the kingdom message is like seed. It's organic. And should sleep by night and rise by day, meaning the man, the farmer, should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Yet another parable about the kingdom of God. Brian, what say you about this passage? Yeah, this is an interesting parable, because this is a parable that's unique to Mark. Matthew and Luke don't include this one at all. And so we can talk a little bit about why that might have been. But this is another agricultural parable we're going to see after this is going to be the parable of the mustard seed and so right here in chapter 4 of Mark we have parable of sower parable of the growing seed and the parable of uh, of the mustard seed and so in this parable at some level I mean it's almost completely understandable because it's just describing how something grows Mm. and what makes this parable a little bit tricky is you're like okay well that makes complete sense and so the things that we have to look for here is what are the pieces in this parable that were maybe there's some kind of secret message in? Or where's the, where's the mystery at in, the, in this particular parable? And, and, and like the sower, it's the kingdom of God is as if someone's going out and scattering seeds. So again, we have the sowing. You know, how would this be encouraging? You know, for if you're in a day where the message isn't being well received, because we don't always have times of abundance. Mm-hmm. This is a, a reminder that, yeah, it grows and we can go to sleep at night and wake up and it grows and we may not know how. And so it's, again, it's another one of these parables that invites us to kind of let go of our own expectations and uh, in, in that the kingdom grows slow and steady. But, but here's the interesting question, Frank, does this parable, is it, is Jesus saying that we don't have to do anything? And sometimes that's why some Bible teachers think that maybe Matthew and Luke don't include it because it's got this idea like well the farmer just goes to sleep and you know I'm not a farmer and I don't think I don't think you are but my you know my great grandfather had a farm big mm-hmm. farm and you know farmers um they do a lot of stuff sure <laughs> so this makes it sound really easy to be a farmer so you know so uh 
does this parable just teach us that we don't have to do anything and it's all about uh, staying together in our little kingdom cells and letting God grow things? And that, I think that's the, the question that we have to at least think about a little bit in this one. I see a few things that apply to us as kingdom citizens, as insurgents in this hour, in this parable. I guess the first thing that strikes me is that the kingdom message grows imperceptibly and in a way where it's unobserved. So you think of a person throwing the seed into the ground, you don't see the growth with the physical eye, but eventually you see growth and the growth is progressive. It doesn't happen all at once. There's this progression that Jesus describes. First the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. (laughs) And other translations use different terminology. The stalk, the ear of the corn, the swelling of the corn, etc. But the point is it grows until the sickle is put in And you have the harvest. And so maybe working backwards from the end, when he mentions that when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. This is an echo of Joel 3.13. Swing the sickle for the harvest is ripe. And throughout the New Testament, the harvest seems to always speak of judgment. Judgment day. The day of the Lord. God's promised moment. And many of the parables, Brian, as you know, were warnings as well as promises, right? And so you have within this, you have a promise, but you also have a warning, a promise of growth and then a warning. It's interesting to note that the seed is doing what the farmer is doing. The seed is sleeping. The farmer is sleeping. The farmer gets up. The seed gets up. I think the seed getting up is an image of resurrection. To the point that you made, does the farmer not do anything? Well, I think the answer to that is no, he does something. He plants the seed, Yes. right? I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, where Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters is anything, but God who gives the increase. And so the emphasis there that Paul is making is on the fact that the result of the planting and the watering now, that's part of it, is solely and exclusively in the hands of God. And I think this is brought out in this parable because it says that the seed all by itself produces the growth. That's the terminology. It says the farmer does not know how it happens, but... The seed by itself, by itself, that organic germ within the seed, Brian, produces the fruit and that produces the harvest. So when I think of the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom, if you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom, you're sharing, proclaiming, testifying to the gospel of the kingdom, within that message is a germ, is life, that will by itself, when it's received into the human heart, produce fruit if the soil allows it, right? This is going back to the sower. But ultimately, the results are in God's hands, which really takes a lot of burden off of us. Those who preach, the temptation is always to look at the results. What kind of fruit is this bearing? What is my message doing in the hearts of people or in the heart of this person? Or, 
you know, am I getting the results that I want? Well, one of the great lessons for those who preach and teach is to put the results solely in the hands of God and not concern ourselves with the results because really the growth happens imperceptibly, as this parable says. Yeah, that, that's that's the, the critical takeaway. This is, again, it's a, a persistence parable and it's encouraging us. And we sow, like you said, um, you know, we, we were talking in the hallway before we did this episode about uh, you have to let go of expectations, even as teachers, and that we're essentially communicating, like even to the listeners here. I mean, on this podcast, some people will listen. They haven't even listened this far. They're already off. They listen for 30 seconds. To turn <laughs> off. But, but we did this podcast for people that are listening all the way to the end. Yeah. yeah so we just you just release it so you sow the seeds because it doesn't depend on our human effort. Now, we're going to try to be as clear and compelling right. and right. we've studied and, and, and things, but... The end result of someone receiving the word is that it's that's all it's in God's hands, and that's encouraging for us. We always want to encourage right. folks that it's not human effort. And the other interesting thing is, you know, you and I and our listeners, we don't even necessarily have to understand why the word impacts someone or how it does. That's right. Uh, it's in God's hands again, and that's another level of freedom because there's some folks that that it would think you know I've met persons is like. Like one of the things I don't like when I'm teaching at the seminary is students will always like, they're like, I could never teach like that. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's not, you know, I have my gifts, other people have their gifts, but that's not how I want my ministry to be. Mm-hmm. It's, I want my, my ministry um, to help empower people so that they can be themselves, share what God has done in their lives and you don't have to have, and I don't. I, the more I study, the more I know that I don't know in a sense, right? There's always going to be these mm-hmm. mysteries, but that's not to, we, we don't stay, we don't keep our mouths shut or our hands in our pockets or our feet propped up until we get everything. This is encouraging us. It's like, yeah, you know, like the farmer, we don't have to completely understand the, the mystery of how a seed grows. What do we have to do? We just have to throw the seeds. Yeah, and then when it grows, yeah. pick up the fruit. And that, to me, I find that really encouraging. It encourages me. I want to keep studying. I want to know God better, but I don't have to have full understanding before mm-hmm. I start ministry. And so I think, I think those are two really important things to think about here. It's um, freeing us of having to know everything <laughs> And then having to be completely in control of results. And I think I can share the message of the kingdom with those with the freedom that God's given me of not, not having to be in control and not having to have absolute knowledge before I start yeah. talking about it. I keep thinking about this last part of the parable because you know he's not only referring to this subterranean mysterious work that goes on below the surface, below the ground after the seed has been planted, but he fasts forward all the way after he gets to the progression of the growth of that seed and the stages it will go through, he fast forwards all the way to judgment, the sickle being put in, the harvest, right? And I think you find this common in Jesus' parables. He keeps before the people that there's a day coming where it will be a day of reckoning, where God is going to bring judgment. And he's going to right all the things that are wrong in the world, but he's also going to give rewards to those who uh, were faithful and also there's going to be judgment upon those who rejected his message and him. I did an earlier podcast 
with one of my conversation partners on living in the light of eternity. Mm. It is so easy to forget that there is going to be a judgment. And I don't say that in, in the way of making us fearful, but to be sober and to learn how to live in the light of longing to hear the words of the Lord, well done, good and faithful servant, right? But to get so caught up into the cares of this life that we forget that there is a day coming and that what we do in the present age, what we do in our lifetimes now, will have an impact on that last day, right? Mm -hmm. So Jesus is keeping this before us. I think it's beautiful that we don't have to understand how the seed produces the fruit, how it works in the human heart and how it actually causes people to be transformed into the image of Jesus, we just can rest assured and be content knowing that it does do that kind of work, that the power of the gospel of the kingdom is in the message itself. And this really dawned on me in Living Color in 2017 when we held the conference that actually was the impetus for the book Insurgents. We had the conference not too far from where we're sitting right now in Orlando, Florida in another hotel. Brian, it was amazing because I preached the gospel of the kingdom. I unveiled it in eight messages. And I think it was the third message. I never talked about do this, do that. I never gave an invitation. The spontaneous response was that people wanted to be baptized. Wow. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's, it's incredible. I did not give a call. I never gave an invitation. I never summoned people to be baptized. I never asked people to do anything. I just gave the message of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God and how it was available and people spontaneously wanted to be baptized. That was an illustration of how the power of the growth and the transformation is within the seed of that message. And I don't understand how that works. It's <laughs> like the farmer. He goes to sleep. He doesn't know how this all works. But below the surface, that seed, if the ground received it, right, if the soil took it in, is going to produce a progressive growth until the harvest. And the harvest also speaks of the resurrection. That's the ultimate transformation. So that's also in view that we are going to be raised from the dead to be part of the new heaven and the new earth that God has promised to give us. So I find this parable very encouraging. Yeah, and that's and that, that's exactly what the parable is supposed to be. It's and and if again, I always put myself back in the in the context of you know who's hearing Mark's gospel the first time. Again, there are people that have gotten the message, but it's a small minority surrounded by a whole world that literally doesn't even know who Jesus is. That are worshiping all kinds of other gods, and this parable is just kind of reminding the listeners of slow and steady growth. God's got the future under control. It's already been prefigured powerfully in Jesus's life, death, resurrection, mm, yeah. ascension, outpouring of the Spirit. That's why in the outpour of the Spirit's what it's what's actually driven the gospel to the you know the people that are actually getting Mark's gospel, and it's it's written for him years after that. And so it's it's good news, and it's just it's supposed to be encouraging to us that it's not all about us. It's not about human effort. It's about God and that this powerful message is already moving through. And so, you know, our friends that are listening in these uh, in kingdom cells or in a, a local church or wherever they find themselves. Uh, so if you are a preacher or a pastor or a teacher and you are not preaching the gospel of the kingdom, you're preaching something else. Yeah. You have to willfully orchestrate, engineer and manipulate an outcome 
to where people are going to conform to what you are preaching. You're going to have to use human energy, wit, intelligence, willpower to try to get God's people to do something, okay? But if you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the results, the transformation, the effects are in the seed itself. And you don't have to manipulate or engineer or try to create any kind of outcome. You just have to be faithful to preach that message, to live it first, actually, and then to preach that message. And the message is taken by the Holy Spirit and does the work itself. I've been a Christian for a long time. I know you have. And I've done this myself, too, in the past, before I even heard the gospel of the kingdom. To preach a message, not the gospel of the kingdom, but then to get in there and try to make something happen, to try to get God's people to do something or unbelievers to do something, right? Rather than to preach and proclaim that gospel of the kingdom. And the only thing that we see the apostles doing when they're preaching to unbelievers is simply to take them to the waters of baptism <laughs> so they can break the loyalty oath to the world system and enter into the kingdom community. That's really it. And that's part of the message, by the way. The invitation to uh, to be baptized is part of the gospel message. And for God's people, the actual transformation happens when you preach that message. You may give a little help on how to make it practical in your life, but there's no engineering. There's no manipulation. There's no exerting effort to try to get God's people, to try to get human beings to do anything. The above the ground manifestations happen because of the seed is planted. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that really, that's what this parable is. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.